Hey guys, before we jump into today's episode, I wanted to let you know that doors are now open for our signature accelerator program. We are doing a major deal for this promo period where you get Critical Care Academy's CCRN review course absolutely for free as a bonus if you join us before May 4th. Our signature program is special because it's a one-time investment for lifetime access. There are no recurring fees. We want you to start this process early. So if you're in nursing school or if you are just starting the school search process, this is absolutely perfect for you. We walk you through picking schools, writing your resume, making sure you have all those boosters to make you stand out. We've got over 20 hours of video lessons along with an entire downloads vault of swipe files and templates. And of course, over 50% of the program is interview prep. We have five on-demand mock interviews. And then of course, a huge part of this is every month we have office hours where you can bring your questions and get answers. We have essay office hours with our expert developmental editor, Dr. Diane Katie. We have group mock interview practice labs, ad hoc guest speakers like SRNAs, and other faculty. It really is a comprehensive program. And once you are in, you are in for life. You can head to the CRNAclub.com to check it out. And again, the CCRN review course as a bonus that ends on May 4th. So if you are on the fence, shoot me a DM at the CRNA club. I am hanging out there, but otherwise let's jump into today's episode. to the CRNA Club podcast, where we talk all things CRNA. As a practicing CRNA, I'm sharing everything I wish I knew when I was applying to CRNA school. I'm Sachi, your host and number one fan. Let's get started. Welcome back to another episode of the CRNA Club podcast. I am Sachi, your host and number one fan, your admissions wizard, your personal cheerleader, your virtual mentor, all of the things. I am here to help you get into CRNA school and avoid the mistakes that I made. So today, without further ado, let's jump into our juicy, juicy topic, which is how to make your resume stand out even without a high GPA or if you have a lower GPA. Now, before I jump in, I do want to say that we do dive into a lot of this strategy behind how to get into CRNA school if you are not one of those people who had a 3.8, 3.9 GPA in undergrad. If that is not you, you're going to definitely want to go over and watch our free masterclass, Getting Into CRNA School 101. That is on our website, thecrnaclub.com. You can also find that in the show notes. I will link that there. But go ahead and give that a watch because you are going to, I think, find a lot of useful information and we dive into the nitty-gritty details there. But today we are going to be talking about three ways to make your resume pop and to make the admissions committee take a pause and look a little closer at your application because that is what we want. That is what our resume is there to do. We have seconds before our resume gets tossed into a pile, either move on or the no pile. And your resume needs to be clear and have the right things and have the right 
pieces of information strategically placed in the right spots so that it doesn't get missed. And GPA is one of those things that admissions committees look at first. They're always searching for that GPA, right? But if you have a lower GPA, but you've got some of these other things that we're going to talk about today, they're going to take a second look. All right, so let's get started. So we all know that now, and if you don't know, now you do, that CRNA programs are now 36 months plus because they are doctorate programs. They are DNP or DNAP programs. And before they used to, most of them were master's degree programs. And even prior to that, they weren't even master's degree, but most common, most recently they were master's degree programs, but now all programs are doctorate degree programs. And one of the biggest differences is that besides being much longer, they are much longer because you are doing a research project. Throughout the course of your three-year program, you are going to be identifying a problem in clinical practice. You are going to be doing a literature review. You are going to be collecting data, and you are going to be getting your research project published. And that is behind the, the backbone behind the DNP and the DNAP is this research project. With that being said, number one, to make your resume stand out, even if you have a low GPA, if you have research experience on your resume, that is going to catch the attention of the person reading your resume because of everything I just mentioned. Schools are now DNP projects. They want students and applicants who have an understanding of the research process, who know how to write well, who understand what it means to identify a problem in clinical practice and come up with data and present a change and add clinical pearls and add things that are actually going to change the way that we do things and that and that are actually going to change the way we deliver anesthesia, how we manage pain, how we manage post-operative nausea vomiting, how we have better techniques with peripheral nerve blocks or pain control without using so much opioids, doing ARIS cases, enhanced recovery after surgery, doing more of a multimodal anesthetic. So if you are able to get involved in a research project, whether that is actually being published, which would be awesome if you could actually get published before you apply to CRNA school. That would be huge. Or if you have research experience, like helping collect data, or if you are a research assistant, that would also be super awesome to put on your resume. So if you are published or if you're going to get published, just a tidbit here, you're going to put a header that says publications and you're going to write underneath that the title of your publication and the authors. And you're going to want to use APA format, use at all. You're going to want to make sure that is correctly displayed. So that is if you are published, you will have the header on the first page of your resume that says publications. If you are published, or it's not published quite yet, you can put publications forthcoming. That would be the correct way to write that if it hasn't been published yet, but you will be. And if you haven't been published, but you are helping collect data or you're a research assistant, like I said, you are going to put the header research experience. And then underneath that, you are going to write your role and what the study was. 
And you want to make sure that you are able to speak to this and clearly explain what you did and clearly explain what the study was about because if they see that on your resume, they are going to ask you about it. So that is number one. The first way to stand out is to have research experience. Number two, you want to get extra certifications. And when I say extra, I mean extra in addition to your CCRN. So I know not all the programs require you to have your CCRN, but there really isn't anybody that I would not suggest getting your CCRN to. It is so competitive now to get into a CRNA program You do not want reason why another applicant who you were like head to head with beat you out because you did not get your CCRN. So I also think that it is pretty standard now that most schools do require it. And I I truly think that a lot of schools want to see your CCRN and then some. I don't think having your CCRN is going to be enough. Yes, maybe it will be. If you are that 3.9 GPA student, you have all of this, you you have research experience, you have leadership experience, you're super involved. It's very clear that you are an overachiever. Okay, maybe you can just have your CCRN. Maybe you don't need extras. But if that is not you, if you maybe have a lower GPA, I'm talking less than 3.6, Maybe you don't work at a major level one trauma teaching institution. Maybe you don't have that surgical ICU or maybe you don't have one of those heavy hitters that we often talk about. This is something you are going to have to do. So I want to give you a couple of suggestions here. And I actually have a list of these certifications that you can get in that masterclass that I was talking to you about. So you definitely go ahead and watch that to get some more ideas. But some common ones are the CMC exam and designed for nurses working in like the CCU or the ICU or medical ICU, even telemetry, interventional cardiology, cath lab, they can also get their CMC exam. But that is one you can definitely get if you work in a non-cardiac ICU. Like if you work in a medical ICU, you can go ahead and get your CMC in certification in addition to your CCRN. If you work in a cardiovascular surgery ICU, a CT surgery ICU, or you're caring for cardiac patients within the first 48 hours from their surgery, you can get your cardiac surgery certification, your CSC. So that is something a lot of people also do. So if you have that surgical cardiac experience, CSE. If you do not, if it's just medical cert. If you're in the MICU or like the neuro ICU, you can get the CMC. And there's also a neuro certification that you can also get. The number of hours that you have to work in order to be eligible to sit for these exams, I think even the CCRN is about around here, is 1,750 hours, which comes out to 48 weeks of working 36 hours a week, so about a year. If you are trying to get into CRNA school quickly, as soon as you start in the ICU, start counting your hours, and once you get close to hitting that 1750 hour mark, once you're about a month or two from hitting that, start studying for your CCRN and start studying for this, either your cardiac surgery or your CMC. 
go ahead and start studying for that. So once you hit that year mark and you hit that hour mark, you can go ahead and take it. And that's one more thing off your plate. Some other certifications that you can also get, if you worked in the ER, you could get your CEN, your Certified Emergency Nurse Certification. If you worked with heart failure patients, you can get your CHFN, Certified Heart Failure Nurse. Again, if you worked in the neuro ICU, you can do Certified Neuroscience RN, which is CNRN. If you work in the PICU, CPEN, Certified Pediatric Emergency Nurse, Neonatal Resuscitation, NRP, Neonative Intensive Care Nursing, you could have the NIC certification, Trauma Certified RN, which is TCRN. There are a handful of extra certifications that you can get. Now, the point is not to show them that you have all this extra knowledge and that you're super credentialed and super certified. The point of having all these extra certifications is to show the admissions committee that you are committed to being an overachiever, you are committed to working hard, and that you are committed to standing out and that you are committed to getting into CRNA school. Because you are willing to do all of these extra things, you are showing the admissions committee that you are one of those people who are willing to go above and beyond and that you are willing to work hard. And that is really what schools are looking for. We are looking for those people who are go-getters, who really strive to be the best and can really set themselves apart in their profession. And that is really what we're looking at is that grit, that work ethic. So by getting these extra certifications, not only are you saying, hey, I've planned for this. I have taken all these extra certifications. I want to stand out. I've learned all these things. I'm trying to be an expert in my field. That stands out to them. So I really want you to keep that in mind. If you're on the fence of, oh, should I take this extra thing? Should I not? Always err on the side of caution and saying, yes, I'm going to take it. And that is why it is so important for you to start thinking about your strategy way, way, way in advance. If you want to apply to CRNA school six months from now, I, I hope you're starting to work on your personal essay for the school you're getting into. I think the biggest mistake that I see people make is they are starting too late. They are starting to think about working on their resume three months before their application is due. Okay, that's that could be fine, but if your application is due in three months and you're just starting to work on your resume, that doesn't really give you much wiggle room to send your resume to a and your transcripts to a program that you're interested in and say, hey, you mind looking at my resume and my transcripts and letting me know what you think? If they come back and they say, yeah, I think I really think I need to see this type of experience or this type of certification or I want you to do these things you're not going to have time to pivot and plan for that. If they say, if they come back and say, you know, I really think you need to take the GRE, you're not going to have time to study for that and do well. So my point is, if you are really wanting to go above and beyond, you really need to be starting a year plus in advance of wanting to apply. If you are a year and a half out or even two years out from applying to CRNA school, that is perfect. That gives you so much time to start to develop a strategy and check the right boxes and do the things that are really going to move the needle. So
So I really want to encourage you to get started sooner than later on some of these things because when you go get ready to submit your application, things are going to come up. You're going to realize that you want to do one more thing or that there's something you realize your school now needs that you didn't realize before and you were only going to apply to two schools. So that was like your 50-50 shot there. So please, please, please start way ahead of time and go ahead and watch that free masterclass that I'm going to put the link in the show notes for, because that'll really help you see. We have a roadmap in that masterclass that walks you through what needs to be done when. So go ahead and take a look at that. So that was number two, get extra certifications. Number three, the third way to make your resume stand out with a low GPA, that is going to be anesthesia experience. Now, I'm not just talking about shadow experience here. I am talking about what are some ways that you can communicate to the admissions committee that you have an understanding about the profession, that you are committed to becoming a CRNA, that this is what you want to do. But how do we do that? So there are a couple of ways. The first way is that you can do an anesthesia-focused project on your unit. So you can do a presentation about the train of fours. Maybe you can come up with, if you don't have a protocol or if you don't have some guideline or if you don't have a cheat sheet for the bedside, go ahead and make one of those. Start to think about some ways that you can come up with a project or some sort of educational resource for people on your unit that has a bit of an anesthesia spin or an anesthesia focus to it. Because this really does two things for you. Number one, it allows you to put something under your resume under anesthesia experience, but it also gives you something to put on your resume that speaks to a value add or a real change that you implemented on your unit. So if you are able to come up with some sort of guideline or some sort of protocol or like a cheat sheet or a quick guide or a reference sheet, you are going to be able to put that on your resume and say, I helped reduce X, Y, and Z by creating a tool discussing this. I helped reduce post-operative infections relating to this by creating a tool that did this. That way you're really kind of getting away from those kind of sort of more fluffy resume points of, I provided individualized care for patients in the ICU. I encouraged early mobility. That sort of stuff that kind of everybody does. You're really able to put something on that resume that shows that you had real clinical change and you really, really added some value to your unit and to your patients and to your coworkers that really improved their workflow, that bettered patient outcomes, that reduced length of stay, that reduced complications, that saved your unit money. Those are the measurable things that really, really, really stand out and that not only like managers truthfully love to see and have you do, but those are the kind of initiatives that we like people to continue to take in as employees and in the hospital and as a CRNA as and as patients patient advocates. We're always trying to better our workflows, better the things that we do and learn more and make things more streamlined and make things more effective and make things just a little safer for people. So for example, in our, at our hospital, 
and in our department, one of my colleagues came up with a disaster checklist for some of the most common operating room disasters that are anesthesia-related, like an airway fire checklist. There was also local anesthesia toxicity checklist. There's also an MH checklist. And I think there was one more, like an earthquake or like a natural disaster checklist or something like that. There was a lot of good information on there and that just got hung on a clip on the back of our Pixis. And that's a really awesome thing to have in the case of an emergency where you might not come across these situations maybe just once in your entire career. So to have something like that really helps. So doing an anesthesia-focused project on your unit is really going to make you stand out. Again, you can do a project maybe on signs of residual muscle relaxation in the postoperative cardiac patient, or maybe you can do an education presentation on how, how neuromuscular blocking agents facilitate ventilation, or you can talk about proning, or maybe yeah, come up with some sort of proning checklist or protocol, something like that. Maybe you can help train your new grad or new nurses on your unit on how to do some of these things that are more anesthesia focused. So you can explain on your resume or explain in your interview that you were able to speak to some of the pathophysiology and the pharmacology behind the drugs that we also use in anesthesia, which would be like Presidex, Propofol, and any of the neuromuscular blockers like rocuronium or vecuronium. So if you're able to do some projects around that, I think that would be so awesome for you. The other thing that you can put under anesthesia experience here is you can attend a national AANA event. The AANA is our American Association of Nurse Anesthetists. That is our professional organization. So really there are two big events a year. One of them is the Mid-Year Assembly and that is in Washington, D.C. every year. And then the other one is the Annual Congress. And in 2023, this will be in Seattle. This will be August 2023. So depending on when you are listening to this podcast, maybe plan for that. The Mid-Year Assembly in Washington, D.C. in 2023 is going to be in April. So if you can plan for one of those events and you can attend for a day or even half a day, that would be an awesome way to network with CRNAs and talk to people and kind of see what are some of the trending topics that are emerging. Especially if you attend the annual Congress, there's going to be a lot of educational presentations. And if you are applying to a CRNA program that has one of their essay questions, what would you like to do your DNP research project on? That would be a great way to get some ideas. And I know that during some interviews, that is also a question that comes up. What do you want to do and what do you want to study for your DNP research project? So if you have no idea what the trending topics in anesthesia are, that is going to be a really hard question to answer. So that is a great place to get some thoughts on that. If you cannot attend an AANA national event, you can attend your state chapter event, your AANA state chapter event. So usually every year, each state has one big event, and we have created an awesome resource for you. We have done the legwork. We have contacted and emailed every single state and asked what their thoughts are on RNs attending. Most states embrace this with open arms, but 
I just wanted to double check and kind of do that work for you so you didn't have to worry about emailing them and figuring out how to attend and if you would be welcome. So I went ahead and did that and I put every single state, their contact information, their website, if they had any upcoming meeting information on there, the cost and also how to register. I went ahead and put that all in a document for you and you can get that in the show notes. I will link that for you. It is awesome. And every state that we heard back from, we didn't hear back from all of them, but most of them we did. They were more than happy to have nurses attend their meeting. So you can register. Usually you can register for a single day if you want. You don't need to go to all three unless you want to, you can, but usually you can register for a single day. And usually that's as a non-member. And if you want to get the CEUs for your hours there for the education there, you can, you probably have to pay a little bit more, but if you do not need the CEUs, the fee is usually a lot less. So attending your local state AANA chapter event is such a great way to network and also be able to get that tick on the box under anesthesia experience. And you are going to learn so much. Again, you're going to get some ideas for your DNP project that you can speak to. Again, this is something that you can speak to during your interview. It's going to give you so much content to talk about and really connect with the people that are interviewing you. And if you are going to apply to CRNA schools that are in your state, there is a really good chance that you might see one of the faculty members of the school that you're applying to at this event. And if you go and then you interview and you say, yes, I remember you, we spoke briefly at the chapter meeting and they're going to say, yeah, okay, I think I do kind of remember you. Yeah, how are you? And that is going to be such a huge connection for you, you guys. So please, 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 if you can attend your state, local AANA event And if you can't do that, go ahead and try to make it to one of the national events, the Mid-Year Assembly or the Annual Congress. Trust me, this is such a worth it move. I did this when I was applying to anesthesia school. I learned so much. I went to the meeting in Vegas. It was great. I went for a day. I learned so much. I talked to CRNAs. I asked them what they liked about being a CRNA, what they didn't. I think they were like excited that I was there. They were like, wow, like that's awesome. And they were so happy to talk to me and welcoming and it was great. So I would highly recommend. Overall, those are the three things that you can do to make your resume stand out. Just to go over it one more time, number one is get research experience. Number two, get extra certifications on top of your CCRN like the CMC or the CSC. The third thing is get anesthesia experience. So if you are trying to figure out a strategy and how you are going to stand out so you can get into CRNA school, I highly recommend you watch our free masterclass. I will link that in the show notes. You can find that on their website. Also, we have so many resources for you to help you along the way on our website, which is thecrnaclub.com. Please go check it out. I think you're going to really enjoy it and find a lot of things that you'll find helpful there. So anyway, thank you so much for taking the time to listen to this. I would so appreciate it if you took the time to leave us a review. It helps us so much and I look forward to talking with you again next week with another juicy topic for you. All right, I'll talk to you later. Bye.